This episode of the Kettle and Cup podcast has been brought to you by us. As we still don't have any sponsors. We're about six podcasts into it, so we're pretty early on. I guess this means we can do whatever we want. Like long pauses. All right, let's get started. On today's episode of the podcast, there's an interview with Max Shapiro. Many folks know Max from his position at Jay's Pub and Grill. I'm very pleased with this interview. Uh, I feel you know, like we were able to uh, have a pretty good chat. And Max is uh, multifaceted, and though it's not always possible to scratch too deep below the surface in just a few hours of conversation. I, I think that, I think this was a good one. Um, oh, my name is Alex, by the way, and uh, this is the Cattle and Cup podcast. So I've had a lot of questions regarding how to listen to the podcast. Obviously, you got here, if you're hearing this much, but if it was a challenge to get here, Here's some things for you for the future. The podcast is available on iTunes and Google Play. I post it through a page called podomatic.com. And Podomatic apparently requires listeners to download an app or some software. If you don't want to do that, you don't have to download anything crazy for iTunes or for Google Plus or Google Play. Also, I post episodes of the podcast on my website, my personal website, which is porternotes.com. I have links there to live from Zombie Watch Studios and to the comic strip, though that's on hiatus at present. You can always go there and listen to the podcast without downloading anything. I have all kinds of links available on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash kettle and cup. Also, our travel podcast page, which is facebook.com slash America Land page. I think we're probably going to have another one of those coming up soon because we've been traveling a bit the latter half of the summer into winter. We were in Door County. We went to Las Vegas. And as I speak, we will be going to Florida within a few days. Not for terribly long, just a few days. Enough to tempt us to get away from this cold weather permanently, which we're unable to do yet. I do want to take a moment and say thank you to Chris Middlestead. I don't know if Chris listens to the podcast. He was gracious enough to lend me a MixPre-6 sound devices unit, and my interview at Max was recorded with this unit. I also did some podcast bumpers on the Dale podcast and the America Land podcast using that MixPre-6. It's pretty awesome. I'm not using it 
currently I'm back to the MR8, the Fostex MR8. And I couldn't use the Mix Pre 6 forever, obviously. And it's outside of my budget to purchase one. So hopefully I can get some sponsors on board. Hint, hint, sound devices. And I can start putting together a budget for that. A couple of new microphones would be nice, too. So anyway, without further ado, I give you my interview. Oh, I should mention, after the interview, stick around. There's a little bit with Lori and I, and that's always fun. I do get a lot of feedback on that from the many people who listen to the podcast. So, but do listen to the interview coming up next. Max Shapiro. There's things at home you need to take care of, so I'm glad you took some time to come and sit down with me. Yeah, it's my pleasure. You still take care of your mom? Uh, yeah, I'm actually um, just a part-time caregiver now. Uh, mm-hmm. I was a full-time, and I got her enrolled in some new programs because it was kind of consuming my life, and mm-hmm. you know, it was just it was becoming too much, and uh, it came to the point where I just need to be the good son yeah. instead of the caregiver, sure, kind of thing. Sure, it's probably a lot easier to be the son that doesn't have to come in and crack the whip, huh? Uh, yeah, pretty much. It was. It, it kind of got to the point where I was like almost on, you know, the point of a nervous breakdown because it, it was just becoming too much, you know, and, mm. you know, my mom's just advancing more and it's it's better to leave it for the professionals than someone who uh, is not professionally trained to deal with aging elderly. How old is she? Oh, she just turned 82. 82. How many siblings are there for you? Um, Actually, I'm the only one left. You had a sister? Yes. No. Unfortunately, she passed away. Yes. How many years ago was that? Uh, when I was 14. A lot of people who who may be listening to this, especially local people, I would assume, they all know you from different ways, I would imagine. There are yeah. some who probably know yes. you as a business owner, some who know you as a team member over at Jay's. Yes. There are people who know you personally. One of the things that kind of struck me, I'll take it back to about 2010 or so, we started the coffee shop and, and a lot of people were giving us advice and they were all suggesting to get our baked goods from you. Mm-hmm. Prior to our opening the coffee shop in 2010, you had a very, I would consider upscale bakery Yes. for city of Reedsburg, anywhere really, but particularly for Reedsburg, called the Wooden Spoon. Yes. When did you open that? That was opened in 2005. How long was the Wooden Spoon in business? Um, till the end of 2008. And... Unfortunately, you demurred from providing our baked goods, and I respect it because considering the situation at the time, you were working elsewhere, and you were providing baked goods for that location. At that time, yes. It was a bit of a conflict of interest, and I respect that. But you did uh, bestow upon us some of your coffee recipes. Yeah, I gave you all the coffee recipes. (laughs) Lori still has them if you want them back. No, that's all right. (laughs) I don't plan on doing that again. (laughs) Well, a number of them were our flavor of the day or flavor of the week which was uh they were they were quite the hit actually so i'll take it back to the beginning of the wooden spoon now um you may not know this but um 
back when you had first moved into the area, uh, I was working for a little company that did satellite television installations. Okay. Your partner at the time came in and set everything up for satellite TV installation from us. And then I had learned that uh, you were going to go into business. Yes. So in a small town, when somebody goes into business, they they hit a certain level of prominence. In some cases, it's uh, infamy, <laughs> as I think was the case with Lori and I. Um, but for others, it, it's, it's, a, it's a big deal. And how long had it been prior to the wooden spoon that there was a bakery in Reedsburg? Um, I guess when I was kind of doing the demographics and we were kind of scouting out some places, uh, just talking with the locals, I think, I think they had said that it had almost been 20 years. It had been longer than I had been living here. Okay. At that point. So, So, but they, you know, you still had the bakery and the, both grocery stores Mm -hmm. and, um, the deli bean, they had their, their section of, you know, baked Mm -hmm. goods that they did, um, but I th- it, was it longer than 20 years? Uh, it, it must have been because I think at the time we moved here in 2000, or I'm sorry, in 1987. And I okay. don't remember, I don't remember a bakery okay. at all. Because I remember uh, what used to be the old St. Vincent de Paul, mm-hmm. that that was actually a bakery at one time. Interesting. The, uh, the place that's the Benton Dent grocery store now? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So why'd you settle on Reedsburg? Well, actually, I inherited some property up in Dutch Hollow, um, and me and my partner, I was working myself to death in Madison uh, for a million-dollar catering company as an executive chef, and uh, my partner was also doing the same, and we both just kind of decided, hey, we have this property, we're kind of at this perfect stage in our life, you know, right age, and uh, if we're going to do this, why don't we just do it for ourselves? Mm-hmm. Put in those long hours and actually get something in return. So that's pretty much what we did was we built the house on the lake and uh, then we just found a spot and just started planning. Had cooking always been a part of your life? Always, ever since I was a little kid. When? What's your earliest memories of cooking? Cooking? Yeah. I, I would have to say probably about eight or nine. And was your mother uh, the type that, that was welcoming of you, helping out in the kitchen? Did she... Yeah, yeah, she was, and so was my grandmother. Um, my mom was, I don't really want to say a socialite mm-hmm. in my hometown, but uh, both my parents did a lot of things for the community, and uh, they would host fundraisers, cocktail parties at the house, um, and I got to do the futsy-putsy stuff. You know, mom would sit me in the corner and say, this is how you fold it, make the salami look like a flower, mm-hmm. you know, kind of thing. And I just went from there, and I just gravitated. Uh, I went to school for art, Um uh, fashion apparel design and uh, decided that I was going to change my media and put it more towards food mm-hmm. um, just because it just came naturally to me. Sure. There's a lot of artistry in, in preparation. Yes. yes. And presentation. Yes, definitely. Um, a lot of science in cooking. Um, not as much as baking. Baking is more <laughs> of a chemistry. You know, it's not as forgiving as cooking because mm-hmm. if you make a little mistake, you can make a few adjustments and make, make it taste better and Stuff like that. One of the things that Lori says is that she she loves to cook and she hates to bake, and she says, say that. <laughs> "Well, she says that baking is too putsy." Oh, and I think I think that you you really hit it on the head by saying that it's not as forgiving. I think that if you if you have to have a quarter teaspoon of uh, you know baking powder or something, you you can't sway from that at all. No, unless you really know what you're doing and you before you go into using the recipe, which I refer to any kind of. Uh, Baking, uh, it's more of a formula, Mm -hmm. Um, and you can play with things as long as you know what you're doing. Mm -hmm. 
So if you have the, the basics of chemistry, um, you'd be able to manipulate uh, any kind of formula you want. Interesting. Where was your hometown? Um, I was raised in Marshfield. Um, once I got old enough and had my uh, bar mitzvah, mm -hmm. uh, my parents, I pretty much came out of the closet uh, at that time. Um, and that was right around when my sister passed. Mm -hmm. uh, and my parents were like, you know, one of the reasons why my sister passed was, you know, she uh, was in a terrible car accident or accident and she lost part of her leg and she had a prosthesis. And um, we kind of came out to each other. Mm -hmm. And uh, so things happened. And when she passed, I was like, I'm not going to let that happen to me. And I kicked the door wide open. And my parents were like, you know, maybe you can stay with your aunt and uncle and cousins in New York for the summer. So you don't, you're not tortured by living in this small town. Sure. So, so essentially I was raised in Marshfield. Uh, I went to high school there, school, everything. And then in the summer times, um, I got cultured living in uh, New York. Mm -hmm. So it was pretty much all over the state of New York that I had family living. It seems pretty selfless of them to be able to give you that opportunity to be who you are in a place that could be more accepting of who you are. Yes. Do you think that some of that might have been uh, guilt for not recognizing the same for your sister? Yeah, I think maybe. Uh, they uh, really let me be more creative mm -hmm. after my sister passed. Uh, you know, I still had, you know, rules that I had to follow. Sure. But I really think my parents uh, were kind of thinking like I was. I'm like, I don't want what happened to my sister to happen to me. So, you know, I, you know, they want to put me in a better situation. Um, plus one of my cousins who I stayed with at the time, um, she was also openly gay, lesbian. Mm -hmm. So um, I spent a lot of time with her. She was very uh, into the arts uh, and media at that time. How much older was your sister? Uh, two years. She was two years older. Wow, that was pretty close in age. Yeah. Were you guys really close? Were you buddies? Um, not so much. We actually tried to kill each other. That was our sibling rivalry, but it was like the last the last year um, we actually became really close friends, and I think that was the realization that we she was really trying to figure herself out, and mm -hmm. I was really trying to figure myself out, and then we started kind of bonding because, you know, we were both realizing that you know that we were gay. I've been fortunate enough to not have a family member, um, an immediate family member, pass uh, at this point. I those we had home knocking wood. But I have had some very close friends pass, and uh, one of my best friends in high school uh, committed suicide at the age of uh, 18. And from time to time, thinking of him, I, I think to myself so much that he's missed from that time yeah, until it's, now. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. And I think that considering the circumstances uh, in which, and this is only from the few times that we've talked in the past and now, but um, considering where people have come i think that uh and and there's a long way to go oh yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> make no mistake and 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 forgive me if i'm placing upon you in this conversation any feeling whatsoever in which you you don't want to speak on behalf of anybody more than yourself okay but it's still a big deal for people to come out because of a number of different reasons uh uh religious viewpoints maybe uh, stereotypes and, and things of that nature, but I think that there's um, a fair amount more um, understanding now. I would, I would have to agree with you. And growing up in the 70s, it was, uh, 
I, I was born in 71. Growing up in the 70s, it was um, still really, really common for um, for people to be beaten, killed, um, just because of their sexual preference. Yep. And I imagine that that's a, a pretty scary thing that, you know, a lot of people don't even have to think about. Right. Um, <clears throat> gosh, I don't even know where to start here. Um, well, gonna... can I can I just for a second here? As time has gone on, and and as as business owners, and and I wouldn't say peers, but business owners at at, at a certain time in our lives, and becoming friends with you on Facebook, which is what you do, you network. Right. I was shocked at how open you are in your activism and your views and and how it's really hard. Okay. Growing up in Chicago, um, diversity is everywhere. Correct. Everywhere. So the person that you're sitting next to on the bus is no different than the person that you're sitting across to cross from on the bus, no different than somebody living down the block from you. You just know that there are different people, different views, different religions, different preferences, different, uh, physical makeups, whatever. Um, in a small town, I guess what was surprising to me is that you are very outspoken considering the fact that there's a f- what your parents got you away from right. is here. Oh, yes. So can you speak to that a little bit? Um, yeah. You know, back when uh, Kevin and I uh, moved here and, you know, we decided to take on this adventure, uh, you know, I had a friend of mine who is a really good friend of mine. Um, she told me, she's like, either Reedsburg's going to love you or they're going to hate you. They're very fickle. They're, um, it's hard to explain. Uh, but the town opened me or welcomes both me and Kevin with both open arms. I know there's a few people that probably never came into the bakery because we were gay. They didn't know what to expect. I mean, you know, but we were just two human beings. You know, it we are business owners. We conduct ourselves like any other human being does. Um, and I think that kind of shocked people at first cause they didn't know what to expect. And, uh, so it, 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 and then when my partner passed away, I think the town kind of embraced me a little bit more because of, of what happened. Um, and for, you know, several circumstances, you know, the bakery closed, you know, the recession hits, the housing market, you know, was a bust and, uh, you know, I closed the bakery. And, uh, so, but, you know, in the last two years, I've never had a problem. Uh, Kevin didn't have any problems, but up until the last two years, I've experienced more, um, hate crimes, Mm -hmm. uh, towards myself. Do you mean to say since within the last two years? Within the last two years. And, you know, I don't want to, you know, what political views. Sure. Um, And I think it's just because now it's pretty blatant that it's just socially acceptable, um, because it's being encouraged to uh, be hateful and uh, exp- being able to express publicly uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and being completely disrespectful, um, which surprises me. And a lot of people are like, really, you know, uh, even my coworkers are like, oh, my God, I can't believe that just happened to you. And I'm like, it, it, it is. It's the sign of our times. I remember one of the early posts that I had seen. There was a, a friend of yours who had been uh, beaten pretty severely. Actually, he was killed. 
was this in, I want to say it was in Appleton? Um, Actually, he lived in Appleton. He was a very uh, prominent person in the community. He worked for uh, LGBTQ uh, fundraising. Um, He had done a lot of great work. And he had moved back to Madison. Mm -hmm. Um, And he had only been in Madison, I think, for two or three weeks. And uh, him and I were just reconnecting again. Mm -hmm. Um, And he was just getting in touch with our kind of our old clique of friends when we went to school in Madison. Sure. Um, so when I got the phone call, usually this person who called me um, only calls me when there's bad news. Mm-hmm. And prior to that, I just had a feeling that day. I'm like, something something went wrong. And 20 minutes later, I got, I got the phone call. Mm-hmm. How interesting. So the crime occurred in Madison. Yes. Um, it was... It was uh, <clears throat> I don't want to say it's random because they had a lot of a videotape of uh, street cameras, bus cameras, and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Um, somewhere along the line, uh, it, it became premeditated. He became mm-hmm. a target. Mm-hmm. Um, but then watching all the courting, court proceedings and everything, um, the judge was was pretty good because it was it was it was done with such malice and such hate. Um, he ended up getting life in prison with no no parole. Knowing that things are as they appear to be at this point in history, it makes you feel like that stuff has just always been under the surface um, all along. Um, yeah. Um, even in a town like Madison. Even in a town like Madison. Um, but, you know, there's there's not a lot of hate crimes that go on in Madison. It's just now we're starting to see uh, just recently, what was it, just three days ago, there was a second shooting in mm-hmm. Madison. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, like I said, it's just because to me, it's just things are evolving. It's a sign of our times, you know, and I, and I, in in some of the things I posted on Facebook, mm-hmm. um, you know, one of the things was immigration, mm-hmm. uh, right. As you know, I got my house approved to take in refugees, uh, the Trump put, put into place the immigration laws. And, sure. And of course now I couldn't, I couldn't do what I wanted to do because they were not allowed in the United States. Mm-hmm. You know, and it was just seeing that form of genocide happen again and just sure. and then just, you know, it getting fueled even more and more, you know, to speak specifically of um, Trump. And I, I refuse to use his name on social media. I, I do, too. I, I really <laughs> kind of try to catch myself. Reason being is because uh, Facebook used to do this wonderful thing called trending. And whether it was good or bad, if it included his name, it in- included trending numbers, and he's a big one for numbers. So right. I refuse to use his name. Um, but uh, the, we didn't get a president who's right-wing or Republican or what a lot of people um, th- think he is. We just got an asshole. He's, a, fa- what, he's a, fa- a fascist. Yeah. He's an asshole. Yeah, it's exactly what it is. And it's not that he's... Um, it's not that he's putting forward uh, an agenda that's uh, specifically right-wing or Republican. Um, he's just putting forward an agenda that suits him. Correct. Um, so, you know, as a, uh, as a uh, real estate baron who didn't like people of color, you know, he's, again, he's able to actually do something against people of color. And as somebody who didn't want to rent to people who were on welfare, he's doing things against people who are on welfare. And as somebody who didn't want to deal with immigrants, he's dealing with immigration. And uh, he's just just pushing his agenda, which 
you know, comes from an ignorant place. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. It's, it's in, you know, like I said, um, and I don't know if it'll happen or not, but I said even before uh, he took office, um, I had made comments to several people. I said, I think I've come to the realization that I'll see the fall of democracy in my lifetime. And then when he became president, I was like, history is going to repeat itself. You know, unfortunately, if we don't uh, step forward, uh, and that's why I become such an activist. I had a conversation with Kyle Martin recently, and I had expressed with him the thought that perhaps, what's our age difference, if you don't mind me asking? Um, Actually, I'm a year older than you. Okay. So we're the same generation. Yeah. I think that our generation, the vast majority of our generation, are our latchkey kids and our um, uh, disenchanted groups don't know how to don't know how to take on the responsibility. Now, maybe I'm giving us uh, a crutch, and um, I come from a long line of enablers, so um, yeah, take that for what it is. I think that we had things taken care of for us for so long. We're all very uh, disconnected, and I think that every time that there's a tragedy, uh, you know, Prince dies, Michael Jackson dies, everybody, David Bowie, um, something that that removes another building block of our childhood, we're all reeling because we don't want to grow up. Because I don't think we ever learned how. Uh, yeah, I, I guess I kind of have to agree with you. I mean, I had to grow up at a very young age, mm-hmm. um, and... So I used to think that that was a bad thing. And now that's, you know, once I reached 40, my filter started to crumble. 45, mm-hmm. I no longer had a filter. Um, now that I'm going to be 48 uh, in a couple months, um, I'm really looking back at my life mm-hmm. and seeing how great it was, you know, instead of kind of looking for a crutch or not knowing. I was actually pretty self-sufficient. Mm-hmm. Um and I think I learned that from my grandmother and my grandparents. Uh, they were depression babies. Mm-hmm. Uh, my grandmother was the only person in her family that survived Auschwitz. Mm. I learned a lot more than I thought I learned. And, uh, you know, I think I've probably done a lot more than a lot of people have done in their life. But that's that's okay. You know, I'm not, I'm not looking to blame anything. But I know people in my generation are always looking... Uh, you know, like you said, once, like, because uh, music was a big thing in my life. So, you mm-hmm. know, these artists are passing away and they're like, oh my gosh, I was, I was this age and I remember that, you know, I was doing this and that. And uh, they, I don't know how to explain it. They're just, yeah, there's some loss there. Well, I think that, I think that they're bemoaning the loss of their childhood. And I think as, as you said, many of us maybe didn't, didn't uh, feel like we had a fulfilling childhood. Right. I had I had a a good family unit. I'm not going to say that that wasn't the case, but I grew up in a really bad neighborhood, and uh, I started working at uh, 12 years old. I started working um, in a retail store. I'd sweep floors and stock shelves. My mother worked for Mr. Friedman was his name, and I used to um, I used to go there after school, and a lot of it was just because it was a safe place for me to go. Because in my neighborhood, they didn't have a boys' club or Boy Scouts or anything like that, because it was just. it's too dangerous. <laughs> it's yeah, too no, dangerous. I, I completely agree. <laughs> so, um, so there's a part of me that's that looks back at, you know, when I talk to other people who maybe grew up in in small town like this one, and they um, they were able to do little league and and things of that nature. And I think, oh, I, I I didn't have that. Now I don't I don't regret my my 
I try to have a no regret policy. Whatever it took to get me to where right. I am, this is where I am. Um, but then also too, it's it's kind of like, oh, but it would really would have been nice to go to summer camp or you know that sort of thing. So I think that generationally, there's a number of us who maybe are afraid to admit that those days are never going to happen and just hate to to let them go but we have to sh- we have to shoulder our responsibility there comes a time where you have to to push that previous generation aside and say we're going to do something but i don't know i don't know how we can break this complacency that we have right now cuz none of us are doing it and I, I shouldn't say that yeah. you're doing your part right don't get me wrong but um your you're a, a flashlight in a dark tunnel. Yeah. Um, I would agree with you. Um, people have told me that before. Um, and, you know, as I become, as I deal with my past and, uh, you know, I am going for that to reach enlightenment. Um, a lot of my religious beliefs have changed. Um, I do a lot of meditating. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do Reiki, uh, I'm going through some EDRM therapy uh, just to erase, I shouldn't say really erase, to process uh, things that have happened uh, more correctly than suppressing them, Um, which uh, going through that process has has made me a lot more lighthearted, Mm -hmm. has changed changed a lot of my my thinking. Um, I believe everything's done through vibration. and people don't really realize at certain frequencies how it affects the body. Hmm. Um, and I think that gives me the light inside to be that, you know, that beam of geometric light. And I'm like, I'm going to move forward. I'm, I'm not going to stand back and let this happen. I have a voice. I'm going to use it. You know, I have a brain. I'm going to use it. And I'm not going to tolerate this type of behavior. Um, and that's, that's why I'm an activist. I, I'm, I'm a survivor and I'm a warrior. I'm not going to, I'm not going to just lay down and give up. Do you meditate? Yes. Every day. You're reaching a, uh, you're reaching a level of community in my mind. So you're seeing how much we're all sharing without realizing that we're sharing. We're sharing energy. We're sharing air. We're sharing water. We're sharing not just with each other, but, but with generations past, you're drinking the same water that the dinosaurs drank. Right. And you have it within you to make something positive or negative, and you're choosing a positive outlook at this point. Um, yeah, I. <clears throat> There's a book I read a long time ago, um, and if I remember it correctly, it didn't it didn't sink in when I was reading it because mm-hmm. I just I wasn't I wasn't where I am today, mm-hmm. um, and it, I think it was called the. I walk as a peaceful warrior. Okay. And it was this huge CEO that was wrapped up in, you know, Wall Street and all this other stuff. And he had taken this uh, vacation by himself to Hawaii and, you know, just kind of had this spiritual awakening. And it took until probably 43. And I really started, you know, becoming aware. Mm-hmm. Like, like everything, we're all connected. We're all energy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I have this, like, Kabbalistic, Buddhist, Kandali, you know, philosophy now. And um, I'm just trying to be peaceful. 
I'm trying to walk forward peacefully, uh, like this man did in the book. And I like to do uh, mitzvahs, which are good deeds. And mm-hmm. um, when something bad happens, I want to turn it into a positive. Because <laughs> uh, I just thought about um, what happened during the art, art, um, the ridiculous art crawl. Sure. Yeah. Um, Do you care to elaborate on that a little bit or, or not? No, I, I don't mind. I, I have nothing to hide in that. Um, mm-hmm. Unfortunately, I was just the subject. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, it, it was just funny because I warned uh, the artist once I found out where they were going to be placed that there would be a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, my portrait was stolen within 12 hours of being erected. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and the whole thing is, is that it's really funny because what I told people is like, the quote they decided to use, I was talking about nothing but love, mm-hmm. giving love and getting love back. And out of pure malice, hate, and negativity, my portrait was taken. Mm-hmm. Um, for those reasons, they, you know, it could have easily been said, you know, we don't want this here. Sure. You know, could you please take this down? Mm-hmm. We have a conflict of interest. But they didn't do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, they decided to take it upon themselves uh, because they thought they were above the law sure because did it resurface uh yes it did resurface it was, was it? really weird it's it's all public information there was a pr- police report done um was it defaced no it was not defaced it was just very precisely precisionally taken down mm-hmm. um and you got to realize this is a seven foot tall wooden mm-hmm. portrait of myself on a, it's a plaque and right you know it's, there's a lot of Pretty much they just didn't think the police would get involved. Sure. And when it did, uh, you know, there were charges that could be made and uh, whatever. Uh, say whatever. Uh, I won mm-hmm. because it it didn't hurt me. It hurt the artist more that the portrait was, was taken. Sure. Um, in my eyes, I'm like, wow, I'm still renting space in your head. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I won because you still can't stand me, you know? And <laughs> it's just one of those things. And, and like I said, I wasn't upset about it. It just, it just showed the community how, how ugly they are. Sure. Um, Living well is the best revenge. Yes. And like I said, it didn't affect me. Um, I felt more emotion to the artist mm-hmm. because, you know, she looked, she looks through the world with rose colored glasses mm-hmm. And she pretty much just had them ripped off her face like a Band-Aid, mm-hmm. you know, and then, and that's what upset me the most. Sure. Um, but it sounds like you were candid previously. You were candid with the artist saying, I'm okay with you doing this, but be aware that there could be some, some yep. backlash. Yep. And, and I was, and I was right. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, I knew that, that, you know, per se that it wouldn't be taken down, but it would be defaced sure. or whatever. But we turned it into a positive. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, it was allowed to be up for the Ridiculous Art Crawl. Mm-hmm. Um, then they were taken. Mine was taken down. Uh, but the artist decided to take all the panels down because it was her creation. Um, and these three panels were to go together. Sure. Um, sure. And, and, and singling you out. Even even um, even for the right reasons, uh, would still be a detriment to the installation as a whole. Right. Yep. That other that other entity would still win. Yeah. Yeah. So and like I said, you know, I don't, I don't even think, mm-hmm. I don't even really think about it. But it's just it's it was just a really weird thing that happened in the community, um, and it opened up a lot of their a lot of people's eyes. Like, wow, 
you know, yeah. that's, I can't believe that just happened. To which your response is kind of like, eh, I live it. Yeah, I live it every day. Um, it's it, it's not my, fr- I tell people it's not my first rodeo. Mm-hmm. I've had, I've gone through a lot in my life just because of my sexuality mm-hmm. and my political beliefs. And, you know, I get knocked down. I get right back up again and I just become stronger and stronger. And I really don't, I don't store hate and negativity in me anymore. So I always look for the positive. So your new spiritual journey is that a is that a way to process the negativity that comes your way? Uh, yeah, I mean, I I know why it's happening now more so, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I, I I process it in a positive way versus mm-hmm. you know festering about it and and continuously looking at it as a negative and letting it destroy me. Sure, and you know I process like I said everything's light. Mm-hmm. You know, and I can turn negative energy into positive energy. You know, fear is a fear is a very um, strong thing. It's 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 much more manipulative of of a person than than people realize. In so much as somebody could uh, make you fearful, and you would not do the things that would come naturally to you because of that fear. So, would you say that? having the fear of backlash from from other people another person some other groups whatever that is has that ever hindered you in making decisions like you really would like to do something and you don't have to be specific about this but has it ever been something where it's like oh i really i i really wish i could do this but i know that it's not going to fly because there's going to be detractors um when i was younger mm-hmm. yes now that i'm where i'm at and the things that i've gone through in my life I'm not afraid. Now, have you lost that fear because you've taken um, you've taken risks and they've paid off, or have you lost yes. that fear because you've faced what you feel is the worst that could possibly happen? Well, that also um, sure. You know, it's uh, I'm not saying that I I'm I'm fearless, mm-hmm. but you know, it takes a lot to rattle my cage. I mm-hmm. mean, you only know a snippet of of my life, but there's Absolutely. there's a lot more. Um, the people haven't seen what I've gone through mm-hmm. and I pretty much am at that point where I'm not afraid to do what I need to do. Sure. Um, and you know, the biggest bell I had to learn in my life was to learn how to walk alone. Mm-hmm. That was the biggest thing in my life. Um, cause there was a point in my life where I was very codependent. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I'm extremely independent. Um, and I have no fear of walking alone. I don't have a uh, fear of speaking my mind. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's just who I am now and how I've decided to, to walk through life. You've experienced some tragedy. Oh, a lot of tragedy. There's, a lot. <laughs> there's no, there's no doubt about that. Um, how old were you when you, your father passed away? I think it was two and a half years after my sister died. I lost my father. That's pretty close proximity. Were you close with your dad? Um, yeah. Um, towards the end though, not so much because he had a terminally ill disease. Mm-hmm. Um, and at that time they were <clears throat> they didn't have a lot of research on Parkinson's disease. Mm-hmm. And my dad was a fairly young man and they didn't know much about it just in older people. Mm-hmm. Well, Parkinson's works much advances much faster uh, in young people. And you could take a look at how, how fast it took Michael J. Fox, sure. you know, down. Uh, so yeah. And then I, you know, I lost my grandparents and, mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of religious things in my life, you know, at that point where, I didn't have a voice mm-hmm. because um, 
it was just tradition. Sure. You know, and on my mother's side of the family, they're extremely Orthodox mm -hmm. Jews. Um, and it was just, you know, like my father's side of the family, after my father's funeral, I never spoke to anyone on my father's side. Interesting. They never reached out to us. They pretty much just, you know, wrote me and my mother off hmm. kind of thing. So another instance in which, I mean, e even though you had your mother um, with you at that point, you still had to be alone. You were alone. Yeah. You lost half of your family. Right. Right. It was, and that's why I had to grow up really quick because... I felt that there was no one there to protect my mom. Mm -hmm. And that's when I just really became more involved in the world, mm -hmm. um, more so than the average 16-year-old, you know, would have to do. My parents uh, split when I was three-ish. And um, as an adult looking back, it, it, it amazes me how, um, how cold family can be. Yeah. And... and um, my my mom uh, didn't remarry for many years, and so she cared for the four of us, my brothers and my sister and I, and would have been grateful to have um, some form of help from family, some form. Uh, you know, it didn't have to be money or food or just some kind of encouragement. And my dad's family just cut us off completely. Yeah. There and was that... like my dad's my dad's side of the family and uh my mom's side of the family, you know, once once I came out, uh was that time. Uh mm -hmm. I just started recently in the last four years talk to my aunt and uncle. Mm. <clears throat> and the only reason why they're trying to connect with me is because, you know, it's my mom's sister. You're that bridge. Right. Because they didn't know a lot of what was happening to my mom because well, you chose not to be part of my life. Mm -hmm. Why should I be communicating with you? And um, my aunt just said, listen, this is my sister. I want to know if something happens. Sure. And I'm, I, at that point now, I'm just like, well, I, I respect that. Um, unfortunately, um, this last visit, they hadn't seen me in over a year. Mm -hmm. And they came to visit my mom. And I've been growing my beard out. Mm -hmm. uh, November will be a year. Um, I walked into my mom's apartment and it was like the spawn of Satan just walked through the door. My aunt <laughs> for 10 minutes was like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. And I'm like, Esther, it's okay. I have a beard. Mm -hmm. Still the same person. Um, then my uncle said, well, are you going to start, are you going to put a turban on and become a jihad? And I just looked at him and I just looked at my mom. I gave her a kiss on the cheek. I said, I love you. I'm out of here, and I walked out, and didn't talk to him after it's that. It's not funny, and I apologize. No, for I agree, about but, it, but I mean, I laugh about it now too. But I'm just like, at the time, you were probably like, really? Yeah, I was just like, okay, so I didn't even get a hello. Yeah, and you're judging me, you know. And I already know your background. I knew it was something was going to happen because usually they have to take some dig at me at some point in time, and it was. Uh, I was just like, oh, I'm out of here. You that know? you know, that leads me to a question that that I've I've been meaning to ask. Um, how do you balance? Uh, how do you balance your spirituality with um, with your religious upbringing? Well, so when I was raised, it was the Old Testament mm -hmm. uh, and the Torah, and I would have to say it was probably my late twenties. And I was in a bookstore in Madison, um, which is no longer there. Uh, it was one of my favorite 
stores mm-hmm. on State Street. And I found a, a book on the Kabbalah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was way beyond me. I was like, okay, I got to start with something more basic. And then I found this another book that was dumbed down a little bit so I could I could wrap my head around it. And all of a sudden it just like clicked in my head. I'm like, well, Moses and Daniel, Noah, they didn't have the Old Testament. Sure. So what they practiced back then was the Kabbalah. And I'm like, well, this makes so much more sense to me versus uh, the Old Testament. And I've studied I've studied religion my whole life. Mm. It's always it's always I've always found it very interesting mm-hmm. um, in ancient religions, and that's where my my spiritual beginning started. Interesting, you know. Interesting because a lot of the Old Testament, my experience with it is is um, fairly limited. I have to admit, I um, grew up Catholic and uh, went all the way through. Um, levels of the sacraments to to confirmation uh, technically into marriage but i i didn't really do a catholic marriage um was planning on being a priest until um until high school and uh decided against it um a lot of the old testament views that i've seen is very um very much holding god in a position of idolatry and it's a very um angry you need to be reverent of this God. Um, in the New Testament, Jesus came along and said, well, you know, these are the rules. Um, God isn't really the angry entity you believe he is. There's there's love involved. Now, when you're dealing with spirituality, some levels of spirituality, God isn't a separate entity. God is all of us. God is in every blade of grass. God is in... in in every bird that flies in the sky and God is in all of us. How do you balance that? Well, you, (laughs) I'm not asking you to speak for everybody. Okay. I'm not speaking for everybody. Although if I can glean something off of this, I'm going to. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, you know, cause I, I refer to myself, um, and, uh, it just kind of really made this one person just kind of blew her mind mm-hmm. uh, when we were having a conversation and she asked me about religion and you know, how, you know, how do you come to the conclusions that you come to? And, you know, um, she was brought up, I think, I think it was a Catholic or a Lutheran family, very, but it was very conservative. Sure. Um, and she's like, every time I talk to you, she's like, you, you make me question my religion and i'm mm-hmm. like well I, I don't mean to but you know but questioning that's that's your human existence is to question mm-hmm. and um i said for myself i'm a spiritual being experience a human existence and every time i do more and more research especially um the old testament and the new testament and the gospels um there's 50 gospels mm-hmm. they only chose four of them sure why you have this New Testament, uh, and why wouldn't you include particular Gospels? Why just these four? I mean, mm-hmm. personally, if I was going to do this religion, I would want the Gospel of Jesus mm-hmm. and the Gospel of Mary Magdalene. Mm-hmm. You know, they're that the basis of this beginning of this this new religion, you know, or the New Testament. Sure. So that's where I was just like, wow, okay, you can't pick and choose what happens. And that's when I really... St- more so became 
really questioned my whole upbringing and, mm-hmm. and my belief process and all this. And it, it just, you know, after that just spun out of control. Once I started reading about everything else, you know, uh, I questioned Cain, Cain and Abel. Mm-hmm. Well, what happened to Cain? Well, he was casted, he was casted away. And I'm like, well, no, he wasn't, you know, <laughs> he was still existed. Sure. You know, a lot of things in the new Testament and old Testament. So never, they never talk about the Anunnaki, and they were part of the Old Testament, hmm. you know. So the fact that I started questioning, I'm like, okay, so pretty much this was mankind picking and choosing, using a cookie cutter, what we're going to put together sure. in these books. And that's when I was just like, I need to take a different approach. I need to look at this completely different. And that's when I started studying uh, Tao Buddhism. Um, and I read a lot on the Rosicrucian. Uh, and just all of a sudden light, light kept coming through, light, energy. And, you know, it finally just clicks with me because that's that's what we all are. Sure. You know, and um, that's when I started gravitating more toward the, the Kabbalah and Buddhism uh, and the Kandali. So what do you think happens when you die? Well, that's why I say I'm, I'm a spiritual being living a human existence. Mm-hmm. And you think about it with light bulbs. Mm-hmm. Okay. They're all different sizes. They're mm-hmm. all different shapes. Some are bright, some are dim, some flash. And eventually the light bulb burns out. But there's still energy. Mm-hmm. You just, you're energy. So you believe uh, in energy transference? Yes. I guess I, I always like to keep my, my, my feet in whatever pool is available <laughs> <laughs> so that when the time comes, I might be like, you know. There is a light. I do repent. <laughs> okay. But that being said, though, I think that that there's some real truth to um, to connection and 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 to the light connection that you're speaking of. How I look at it, and I'm all about you know returning back to the earth. Um, but when you die, it's been proven um, that the spirit and the energy has already left the body. And I look at the body as just a vessel. Sure. And what they want to do with it afterwards, eventually it will it will go to the earth, especially um, in traditional uh, Jewish burials. Um, you know, granted, you have to put it in a vault, but they're all wood caskets. Hmm. There's no metal on them, nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so when I die, I know that my energy is leaving. This is just a vessel. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's nothing more than than that. You know, um, so I don't have a problem, you know, I've like kind of just disconnected with once my body dies, mm-hmm. you know, cause it's, it's just housing my spirit sure, and my energy. Sure. So, um, cause I had a hard time, um, uh, because I didn't want to be embalmed. Mm-hmm. You know, I had it, I had it documented in my will. I'm like, I have to get around this somehow. And now it's, it, you know, that's changed. You know, it made changes in my will and stuff like that. So I'm, I'm really not concerned about what happens to my body, hmm. you know, when I die. And um, so I guess that's kind of, you know, sure. to answer your question, how you how you were feeling. Um, so, you know, and most, and most people who have a, a Buddhist belief, you know, they believe a lot of reincarnation and that this is only a body. You know, Native Americans were the same way. Sure. So I want to take it back, um, back a little bit here to, um, to the wooden spoon and Kevin's passing. How, how did that affect you? How did that affect you at that moment? And long term, how do you feel it affected you? Um, well, 
um, excuse me, uh, you know, I have post-traumatic stress disorder because of that. And mm-hmm. I'm slowly, of course, deal- finally dealing with that because I pretty much was a machine. Mm-hmm. Um, I was in a state of shock. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't allowed to grieve Kevin's death. Uh, because I had a business to worry about, mm-hmm. but then I also had his parents to deal with, mm-hmm. um, which they were not very nice people. Hmm. Um, they uh, not I, nice I, to you, or not nice in general. Not nice in general. Okay, let me just put it that way. And sure. then you know, to me and what just happened, mm-hmm. they couldn't wrap their head about it. So you know, they were taking things out of my house. Mm-hmm. You know, Kevin's siblings had to step in and say, "This isn't yours." Um, and then when they found out that they weren't getting insurance money, um, his mother flipped out and started screaming. She's like, why would the money go to you and not me? Mm-hmm. I'm like, we have civil union. This is my partner. Sure. I'm his beneficiary as he is mine. Mm-hmm. And they couldn't wrap their head around it. They were just, they tried to play mind games with me. Um, did you have a will then? Yes. Yeah. Okay. We had wills. Um, and, you know, the whole thing is then I learned more about Kevin's dad. And he was a secret operative hmm. in, in intelligence. And, you know, that's a whole other story, mm-hmm. you know, of, of talking with his brothers and sisters. Um, and they're just not, they're not nice people. Hmm. You know, I really hate to say that. I don't hate them, but they're just really not nice people. And you weren't given the opportunity to deal with any of this. I mean, all, any or all of it is a hard thing, right? To right. deal with the passing of of your partner, to deal with the tragedy of that passing, mm-hmm. the abruptness of that passing, to deal with running this business alone, mm-hmm. which you went into with him. Mm-hmm. Um, you have a new home, taking care of a new home, and then now to deal with friends, family, and everybody else, let alone a family, you know, being... Uh, ridiculous some family members being ridiculous about it it sounds mm-hmm. like any of those things is probably more than one person could bear yeah it is and you know some of my close friends were really concerned um if i was going to come back from this mm-hmm. um and you know i don't think if they wouldn't have stood by me um i probably wouldn't be here mm-hmm. i mean there's a good chance that i wouldn't be here but a lot of people don't realize um i lost everything mm-hmm you know, um, unfortunately, Kevin made some bad decisions. Um, and once I closed the bakery and I had to file bankruptcy, uh, everything was tied together. Mm-hmm. All I had were my personal belongings. Mm-hmm. And that was it. And a lot of people, you know, don't think about that. But I had to start my life all over again. Sure. And still deal at some point in time, uh, deal with Kevin's death. And maybe even deal with people who didn't realize how much that impacts you because they never took that sort of lifestyle seriously. Right. Interesting. So, you know, and it's, and I'm, I'm fine with people not wrapping their heads around it because some people just don't get it. But, but, you know, just putting that out there, a a lot of people are just like, Oh, well you closed your business. Mm -hmm. No, I lost a partner of 10 years, Mm -hmm. you know, and everything else. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Wow. It's incredible when you think about it. I remember uh, you and I uh, talking maybe a year or two ago, and I think that you had finally come out from underneath the last bit of bills regarding some of that. Yeah. It's now actually, uh, yeah, it's that was seven years of fighting 
Wow. You know, and having that constant reminder of, of that day mm-hmm. being shoved in my face. How interesting. So, um, so long term, how have you dealt with it? Well, um, I would have to probably say in the first two years, mm-hmm. um, I was a hot mess. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, unfortunately, I turned to alcohol and drugs. Mm. And then I finally just pulled my shit together. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, what are you doing? What are you doing right now? Did anybody hold it up in front of you or did you realize it yourself? I realized it myself. Hmm. I had a self-awakening and, um, you know, a lot of people didn't see that, that side of me. Hmm. Very, very few did. Sure. Um, You're a private guy. Yeah. And, uh, I, I, I pulled it off very well. Um, Mm -hmm. but you know, once people realized it, when I was like, I, I need to, I need to move forward. Mm -hmm. I need to start making baby steps. And, you know, right now I'm actually, uh, when I was, well, it was last year, I actually was meditating, mm-hmm. um, and it was an early morning meditation, and uh, I've always had a hard time opening up my heart chakra, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden, it, it I opened it, and I was, I'm just, I was just focusing on just, you know, white energy, and sure. I actually came to this point, and I was a sobbing mess, and one of my good friends now... Um, understands that he teaches yoga and stuff mm-hmm. um he's like wow he's like you just opened your heart chakra i mean i was i was a mess mm. and the last thing i thought you know kevin was the last thing i that i thought i was going to pull in my meditation mm-hmm. and i forgave him i because i was so angry at him for what happened and leaving me and, and causing all this chaos mm-hmm. that day i actually forgave him and it was 10 years 10 years to the day Ten years, and you didn't realize you still hadn't let him go. Yep. How interesting. And, you know, and now I've been kind of on this this purge. Mm-hmm. Um, I still have things of Kevin, you know, that I'm like, I have his own mechanics jacket. Mm-hmm. Why am I hanging on to this? Sure. You know, and at that time, I, you know, I was grabbing whatever I could that was left of Kevin. Um, mm-hmm. Unfortunately, the dog I have uh, had, um, I had to put down about seven weeks ago. Oh, wow. It was the last thing of Kevin that I had. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's even helped me move forward even more because I had to take care of this animal. I had to rebond with this dog because it's a, it's a one owner dog. Sure. And that was Kevin's dog and mm-hmm. had it since it was, you know, eight weeks old and mm-hmm. it lived for 17 years. And so I had to rebond with this dog because it stopped eating. Um, it would, if it broke out of the house, um, the curators of the cemetery would, they're like, your, your dog's here. Hmm. Your dog's laying on Kevin's grave. Hmm. So I carried her around like a baby. I had her in a little satchel mm-hmm. and I had to reconnect with her. And, you know, she was going to the vet. I was like, oh, what are we going to do? And finally she just bonded with me. And when I had to put her down, I that was that last little piece um, because, you know, I was upset for a couple of weeks and now just even today, it's like, I wake up in the morning, it's a little different. Mm. Um, I walk a little lighter, you know, I don't, and it's not that the dog was a burden, but that was just that last piece. Sure. You know, so can you say that you've kept the dog around longer than the dog should have been around health wise? No, actually, the dog was the dog was pretty healthy, but it was okay. showing its age. Um, you know, the, the dog was starting to become arthritic, mm-hmm. um, and you know, she went to the vet, and you know, they were happy with everything. You know, mm-hmm. 
and I just, I'm like, you know, <clears throat> I made this decision with her arthritis because um, they, to put her on prednisone, okay, which is a steroid. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, I just, I want the dog to be comfortable, mm-hmm. you know, and they had, you know, wants me to put her on some painkillers and this and that. And I'm like, you know, I'm really familiar with how prednisone works. I've been a dog owner for a long time. I think it works really well. It's not the best thing for him, but I'm like, she's 17 years old. She's well over a hundred years old in, sure. in our lifetime. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm like, I just want to make her happy whatever time she has left. So there wasn't an aspect of you maybe trying to extend her lifespan in an attempt to maybe continue on with that connection with Kevin. You know, I think there were there was one point um, where my dog got poisoned. Mm-hmm. Um, and unfortunately, people who use True Green and all of that don't realize what their pets that, that gets on their cloak that oh. gets on their fur and they lick that and everything. So sure, sure. And you know, I was really scared because I thought I was going to have to put her down at that time. Mm-hmm. And you know, and of course she made it through it. She didn't have that much poison in her. Um, but yeah, I, it, there was a point where I was like I hanging on to her just because that was the last little bit of Kevin I had. Sure. So, but when she had her stroke and I knew when I walked in the door, I called the vet right away. Um, mm-hmm. He's like, listen, we're closing in 15 minutes. You know, no one will be here. Bring her in. Yeah. You know, and I mean, I could have tried to hang on to her at that point, but, mm-hmm. you know, I knew, I knew as soon as I saw her, I was like, no. So you're at this level now, it sounds like, where you're, <clears throat> you're okay with some closure. Yes. And That's you might have well said over. that you were. Yeah. You might have said earlier that you were, but now you're really experiencing some of it. Yes. Yes. Because it's, it's now, uh, I don't have to be a caregiver to this to this dog anymore mm-hmm. because dogs you are are like children they're not self sufficient mm-hmm. like per se a cat right you know you have to let the dog out you have to feed it mm-hmm. you know you mm-hmm. just can't put food in a dish you know just get a bigger dish because you're gonna be gone for two days you know right. so so yeah so it's it essentially it is a new chapter in my life mm-hmm. um, which is nice because now. Uh, I can go to more political things, mm-hmm. more rallies mm-hmm. um, and stuff like that, not have to worry about getting a dog sitter, you know, and all of this stuff. So I can actually, uh, instead of just doing letter writing and phone calls and stuff like that, I can actually get out there on foot sure, and, and, and do canvassing or whatever I need to do, um, which is kind of exciting because at this point, you know, uh, I feel I don't have anything to lose. Is there anything we haven't covered that you'd like to talk about? Gosh, I have no idea. <laughs> we maybe have talked about more <clears throat> things than you thought we would. Yeah. Well, I just, I didn't know what to expect. Yeah. I kind of walked into this completely open and, you know, I was like, well, whatever you ask me, you ask me. And, you know, I give my honest answer. And I don't, I don't plan ahead. It's a total improv. So. Which is even better. I think so. I think yeah. that one of the things that I enjoy about doing this is, um, my phone is off. You know, we've got we've got two dogs here. Um, they're upstairs in my son's room with him because um, my sister lives here with us. And uh, one of them is my sister's and one of them is ours. And the one that is my sister's dog is very barky, yappy, and even through the floor you can hear it. So I didn't want to be disturbed by that. So um, I like being present. This is an hour or two hours or whatever where, where I feel present with another person. And I don't really have that much. I don't think any of us really do all that often. There's usually some sort of distraction, a television on in the room or yeah. a phone 
you know, going off in the distance or something like that. So um, it gives me the opportunity to actually listen to another person and engage another person. So, you know, and I think people need more of that. I think so too. Um, I really do, especially, you know, on Facebook, you know, I don't know if you, what, what you see of mine when I post, um, but there's some artwork mm -hmm. that depicted people and their smartphones. Yeah. Um, a lot of kids that I work with can't believe that I haven't had a television you know, I have a TV so I can, I can rent movies and sure, stuff like that, sure. but I don't, I don't have cable. I don't even have local television. And the biggest thing is, you know, cause that's all programming. Mm -hmm. They call it programming for a reason. Absolutely. And they're like, you don't have a TV. I'm like, no. And they'll talk about some Netflix thing. And I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking about, <laughs> you know, but I read a lot, you know, mm -hmm. and I'll work on the internet, you know, I'll YouTube a topic and, mm -hmm. you know pull up some research and stuff like that, but I'm not plugging in. Sure. Sure. Know. Well, um, one of my favorite quotes uh, pertaining to where we're at as a people right now is uh, as a culture right now is that in this, uh, in this age of information, ignorance is a choice. Yes. You know, and if you use, Big if you term. use it properly, if you use it as a tool, if you use the internet as a tool, um, it's an amazing thing. It's, it's actually quite amazing that we're able to get as much information as we can. I'm surprised that I know that they continuously try to crack down on it more and more. <laughs> right. <laughs> I freaked myself out one night and it was, it was late and I couldn't sleep. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, you know, I have different, I have five notebooks <clears throat> of topics that I'm researching. Mm hmm And one of them's a lot of vibration. Mm -hmm. Um, I just posted something about mine, uh, brainwaves. Yeah, I and think make, I saw and it. making sound in pools of water. Yeah, I saw there's an um, artist in the center and and then the pools of water were all vibrating yep. at different frequencies. Yeah. And uh so I start researching, you know, and sometimes I don't realize like what time it is mm -hmm. and stuff like that cuz I'm just I'm really into it. Um and somehow I got somewhere probably where I shouldn't have been. Mm -hmm. And there was all like this declassification and this and that and then, you know, I got this red screen and I was like oh shit <laughs> you know i was just like um okay so i turn everything down shut it down and i'm just like okay i probably just red flagged the fbi i'm probably gonna have police you know at my door in 10 Don't minutes put a chair against the door you know, i did i freaked out i shut all the windows and i was like oh my god you know and then everything was fine but you know i was like it kind of freaked me out because i was like i didn't realize how i got to where i was but i just i just kept pushing at it and and going and it was you are aware though of course that if the fbi really wanted to put a stop to you they could it's pretty easy. yes i came to that realization but you got to figure i was sleep deprived <laughs> you know and i wasn't thinking clearly and i was just like oh my god you know I mean, it, was, it was funny it was funny because i laugh yeah. at it i laugh at it now i was like yeah <laughs> they would have red flagged me a long time ago <laughs> so well thanks max i really appreciate you taking the time i know you're a busy guy coming in here and 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 doing this um it, it's been a lot of fun i appreciate you so thank well, you well thank you thank you very much i appreciate you also and and welcome me here to uh do this podcast terrific thanks yes thanks so today's podcast was an interview with max shapiro Mr. Shapiro. I'm hoping to get this out today because it's his birthday. I will take credit for suggesting that. Yes. When did the interview actually happen? 
The interview actually happened in September. Wow. Yeah. We've been busy. I was hoping to have it out in October, but October was busy because it was the launch of the new record. The new record. Yes, Jayco. Nouveau Retro. That's right. And I am on it. And it's awesome. It is pretty awesome. I did bass guitar and backing vocals on... Well, I did bass guitar on all of the songs except for Farther Down the Line. There's no bass on that. And then I did backing vocals on a number of the songs on the album. It's very good. I've been able to listen to practices. I've been able to listen to it live. I've listened to the scratch track. And now I've got the actual CD. And if you have not heard it or purchased one yet we might have a few in our possession that we can get to you. Yes. Otherwise, he's got them on all of the major outlets. So iTunes and Spotify, CD Baby. Or you can go to jacomusic.com. That's correct. Or come to any of our upcoming gigs. And I don't have any of them in front of me right now. I know, though, that we play at the UW Baraboo coming up. I know that we play in Madison at the Atwood. I believe that's December 11th. No, that one's December 15th. Oh, okay. And then I know that we're also playing in Dubuque, Iowa. Yeah, I don't have the schedule in front of us either. We should have had that, but... It's also available on jacomusic.com. Yes. So shamelessly plugging for yourself, but for Jake, really... Um, which I believe we're going to set up an interview with him soon. Yeah, I hope so, because he is doing a radio station tour, which is really cool. He's been in Baraboo, Richland Center. He was just recently in Madison at Community Radio WORT, and that was pretty cool for me. I, I didn't get the opportunity to actually go into the studio with him. However, they did play a song called Dead and Gone. They played... At least one or two others that I heard also. They did. They played off of the album, that is. They played um, The More I See, Less I Know. And they also played... Butterfly Kisses? Butterfly Kisses. But Dead and Gone for me is very special because I did the backing vocals on that and you could really hear them. They were very pronounced. And so for that particular song, I, I was kind of beaming... While I was listening to it on the computer at home. I was actually working at the same time. and I was as well. I was beaming because I think that's the only time so far that I've actually had my voice over the airwaves on WORT. I've been on a couple of different stations down in Madison, but that uh, that's, that's always eluded me, WORT. I've never been on it before, so it was very cool. The whole process has been very cool. I have felt very excited, and it's been really cool to have you guys practice here and to be able to attend all of the gigs that I do get to go to. The CD release party in Spring Green was so much fun, and all of the support that you three men had was a really cool experience to get to be a part of. 
it was a great time, and you were a very important part of that. You got the place decorated nicely, and it was a really good show, not just from the performance standpoint, but just the overall aesthetic of the place and, and the vibe, and you contributed greatly to that. So I had some help. We got to give credit to Grace Zolzinski and Alicia Davis for helping me out with that. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. So, Jayco... Yes. Pretty big deal. So yeah. we, we can spend a fair amount of time talking about that. But I want to bring it back to Max. Mm-hmm. Today is his birthday. Yes. Happy birthday, Max. We're going to do our best to get this edited and out for his birthday. And were we going to do something for him? I don't know that we were going to do anything for him. Well, didn't you mention something before we started this recording that we were going to say happy birthday max we were just going to say happy birthday max we're not going to sing it if that's what you're indicating i thought you said we were going to sing it no i wasn't planning on singing I it was sorry max but totally no. ready for it you want to sing happy birthday with you not by myself okay you started then. wait are we going to do this like the Marilyn Monroe kind of birthday? Hang on, I got to clear my throat. Or are we going to do this the Porter kind of birthday? No, 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 no. That's, that's. The Porter per- birthday is pretty frightening. It's frighteningly special. Well, I wasn't planning on singing happy birthday, but if you want to sing happy I birthday. I thought we were. We, we can. I'm just going to say this. I think how many podcasts have we put out now in this new series of podcasts? There's been the America Land one, there's been the preview one, but then there's been Kyle, Derek, Dale, and Barb, right? Now Max will be number seven. And I think this is the third Dave, one. Did you do Dave Estes? No, Dave, Dave is Dave Mayor Dave keeps pushing me off. Mayor Dave canceled. Okay. He canceled on me twice, actually. Well, um Well, you know. All right. It's not for everybody. Winning votes, man. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, multiple times you've talked about singing. So I think that secretly you want to be, you want to sing. No, I just, you said that we were going to sing. So I was working myself into it. Because you talked about singing, singing a, a theme song for the America Land podcasts. Yeah. And then I, uh, there was another couple times you talked about singing and I might have even got you singing somewhere I don't know I think you did yeah so I think secretly you just want to turn this into <laughs> into instead of the banter no. portion of the podcast the cabaret portion <laughs> of the podcast no <laughs> there will be no cabaret speaking of cabaret this is my segue we just recently were on a trip to Las Vegas Vegas, baby. And it was my first trip to Vegas. Staying up all night in Vegas town. There's Ooh, I just went into the singing. Yeah. <laughs> and it's true. We we did our best to stay up all night in Vegas town. We were only there three nights. And it was a lot of fun. I didn't I didn't know how much fun it was going to be for me. As you know, I'm not a big gambler. You and you were the only newbie in the group. We had Several, pretty much all family, mm-hmm. and you were the only one that had never been there before. Yeah, it w- it was. It was all family, really, and mm-hmm. 
I had never been there before. You had not been there in probably many, 15 years. Many years, yeah. And one of the members that was there, she had only gone one time prior and actually didn't really... Explore too much. No, so it was kind of a new adventure for her as well. And I really enjoyed it. It was it was wonderful. We can talk about it more in depth in one of the America Land podcasts. We should, because... Th- I would like to go through some of the differences from 15 years ago to now. Yeah, that would be great. It's a very different town now than it was then. I also would like to take it from the perspective of maybe debunking some of the myths about Vegas. Yeah, um, definitely. I think that there's probably a lot of things out there. Well, let me just say this because I don't really want to go too far into it, but I think that you can have the Vegas adventure you want. Whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't going there looking for the type of Vegas adventure a number of other people probably have. So I felt like there wasn't going to be enough for me since I wasn't going to be the stereotypical guy in Vegas. And I was wrong. It was great. And I look forward to going back. It'll be great. We also took a trip earlier this summer to Door County. We can talk about that in an American Land podcast. One of my other favorite places. I don't have a lot of favorite places in Wisconsin because I have a certain vibe that I like to find. And what is awesome about Door County is it has that vibe. It sure does. It's very, it's very cool there. It's lively, it's energetic, mm-hmm. there's music. Yeah, it's cultured. has some culture, a lot of the things that I like. And we can talk about that in detail in the next yes. America Land podcast. So we're giving, we're giving those of you listening a little teaser of the next America Land podcast. Actually, by the time we do that one, we will have come back from our trip that we're leaving on this week, which is to Orlando, Florida. Taking a baby to Disney. I can't wait. It's another song. Her mind is going to be blown. Yeah, I had the fortune of taking both my daughter and my son to Disney World for the first time in their life. And she is approximately the same age that Xander was. And... Though his experience was a little different than Cameron's because Cameron was going on five and she was more adventurous than Xander. He was a little bit more reserved. It's still a great feeling as a parent to open up that that world to your child. It's 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 a great experience. It's going to be amazing. And the tears will be flowing from me. The first time I took my kids, they were a bit older. I, I want to say maybe seven, eight, nine, somewhere around there. And it was also my first trip to Disney. And I remember experiencing those things for the first time myself, but then getting to see it through my kids. And I bawled. And I will be bawling when Kristen sees all of her favorite things and characters and the fireworks and the music and the parades, everything. This will be the first time that we'll take a child, a grandchild, to Disney World. And this will be the first time that you and I are going together. Yeah, we were supposed to go 
last year or the year before. I don't even remember. A year before. And we had to make a quick flight back home. Right. And even at that, we weren't necessarily supposed to go. It just seemed like maybe we could do that for a day. We had a couple extra days in Orlando. And fortunately, we didn't have anything purchased to go. Because unfortunately, we, yeah, we did have to come home early. So I'm pretty excited about this trip. And maybe, just maybe, you and I can squirrel away for a little while and walk together. But I kind of doubt that's going to happen. I think we'll probably... There's a little girl that pretty much will demand all of our attention. Yeah, yeah. and that's fine. It really and truly is fine. That's that'll what it's be, all about this yeah, time. Yeah, that'll be the, the fun part for sure. And also we should mention... It's Max Shapiro's birthday, and we're trying to get his podcast out with a quick edit of this part of the podcast. It's also Veterans Day. It is. So the saying really is true. If you cherish your freedom, thank a vet. We need to thank our veterans for many things. Freedom is one of them, but the sacrifices that they and their families went through for their service needs to be recognized and we need to be grateful and thankful for that. For sure. Definitely. So one last thing before we wrap this up and, and I get to editing, which I, I don't think there's going to be that much. I'm going to edit out of this. I think this one's, this one's pretty good. I might actually highlight your singing a little bit more though. I don't know about that. Are we going to sing happy birthday to Max Shapiro? I, I wasn't really planning on it. I think we should. Oh, we can talk about it. We can talk about it and come I back I think on. Max would like it. I, I don't know that Max is even going to listen to this. I mean, Max might go so far as to listen to his interview, which was a really insightful interview. I haven't heard any of it yet. I know. But you will, because it'll be online. You know, typically we... we talk a little bit more about the interview I feel like we kind of jumped right into some other things maybe not so much the interview but the person and I have to say this one thing about Max okay I don't know Max that well but every experience that I've had with him has been a good experience and one of the first experiences I had with him was when we opened up our coffee shop here we go back to the coffee shop but so many things do revolve around that because that's where we met so many people. And I'm sure it's talked about in the interview about the fact that he used to have a coffee shop here in Reedsburg. Um, do you recall? I'm, I'm pulling your leg. Yes, of course. Okay, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> Something that he should be very proud of and something that I'm very proud of that I got to have a little piece in Reedsburg history. But he made that piece a little easier, and he was very genuinely kind and encouraging when we opened. So much so that he gave us his recipes for the coffee espresso drinks that they used to have at the coffee shop that he once owned. Yeah, we did talk about that. Actually, we talked about the wooden spoon, his bakery, and we talked about how 
we wanted to, well, we were encouraged by many to have him provide the baked goods for our coffee shop, but unfortunately he wasn't able to do so. But he did provide the, the coffee drink recipes, some of which, many of which we did use, actually. And I did offer to return them to him, and he laughed, and he said that that chapter in his life, in so many words, he said that chapter of his life is, is over. And I was thinking about the recipes because I knew we were going to be finishing up this podcast, and I was thinking if I knew someone that was opening up a coffee shop or considering something like that, I would pay it forward and give those recipes to that person. So I guess I'm going to be on the lookout now. Something of importance to note in that is Max didn't know us. No. And he gave those to us without knowing what kind of shop it's going to be, what type of people we were. And he paid that forward to us. Because there was a moment where I thought, yeah, if it's the right kind of shop. But then I thought he didn't know whether or not we were the right kind of shop. He just did it out of kindness. And so, or maybe to, to clear himself of one more piece of that history, which he, as he says in the interview, he had a period of holding on to things a little too long and he had to let things go piece by piece. But just the same, it was a very important thing for us. So maybe that's true. Maybe maybe we move we move those on to somebody else and and, and hopefully uh, help them. That gesture just always meant a lot to me sure. to have him come into our shop and order anything at all, but then to to hand us something that was such a big part of his life. I always appreciated that. And currently, well, in October, it marks the seven-year anniversary of when we opened the shop. I can't believe it's been that long. And so I think we should probably do something a little special when 10 years comes along. Maybe we should. And I will also mention... Now we are both working in the real world again and and not trying to live out this entrepreneur dream. Um, And Max is working at Jay's Pub. Here's a little plug for them. Jay's Pub and Grill. And he recently had a special on the menu. And now that I work somewhere here in town... And I heard one of my fellow colleagues talking about going to Jay's Pub and recommending that feature and how good it was. So we still have this awesome talent happening right here in our town. And people should get out and support that and encourage him to keep creating. Agreed. And the owner of Jay's Pub, Jason Pettit, is a really great guy. And I am glad when we walk in the door, he recognizes us, he talks with us, he sits down with us. And it makes me happy every time that happens. I think that the team, the two of them together, are doing some pretty special things over at Jay's Pub and Grill. That 
also kind of segues. He's another one we should do an interview with. Eh. No, I'm kidding. I, I would, <laughs> I would sit down with Jason. You know, I, I'm thinking of expanding the interview portion. Not so. I mean, look, they've been kind of long. This one with with Max, I I I trimmed a little bit and got it down to under an hour, I believe. And which is not to say that I I cut out things that weren't important or that I cut out things that were important. I just streamlined the conversation in the editing process. It did leave some left over, and I'm thinking about doing just little video segments that include the audio only and having it be some sort of like cutting room floor stuff out there to expand the podcast into YouTube. So everybody out there should maybe keep their eyes open for that happening. I think that's going to be happening over the winter because it's getting dark early. and You have more time in the winter. It seems like it. We don't play as much, and I I kind of become a hermit during the week because it's dark outside and it's cold. I don't feel like going anywhere. And, and I feel sometimes a little bit more creative during this time of the year just because of the fact that I can't really burn off energy any other way, really. So uh, people should be on the on the lookout for that. So they're they're each one of these segments has a little bit that's just maybe tangenting too far or goes uh, uh, goes a little too long. I have this habit of sometimes uh, talking through things, and so I I've I've got clips from each one of the interviews which will probably make their way onto a, uh, you know, some other platform. So keep an eye out for that. Sounds like a good idea. So. And I also want to expand to where you're doing more interviews, too. So we'll start it out. Hopefully we can get Jake in the studio. It's really not a problem getting Jake in the studio, but hopefully we can get him in to sit down and, and, and do the interview. I think he's... Just like over the summer, the more we played, the more seasoned we got. He's been doing the same with with radio interviews, so I think you'll get a good one out of him. It'll be my first on my own. It'll be fun. It will be fun, but I'm I'm a little intimidated by the whole process. So anyway, on that note, okay, we should wrap this up because we don't want it to be too long. Yeah, I agree. Happy birthday, Max. <coughs> Ready? Pick, <coughs> pick a key. Mm. You just start. Happy birthday to Happy you. Birthday. Wait, you're supposed to sing with me. <laughs> I was doing Marilyn. Well, then you just sing it. No way, man. Marilyn sang it by no herself. Way. No, ready? Here we go. One, two, three. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Max. Happy birthday to you. And many more. All right. I'm Alex. I'm Lori. We'll catch you next time.